Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, and with me, as always, is my awesome co-host, Nina. What's And today, we have a special guest uh, host with us, who is none other from our own community on the Robots Radio uh, network, as far as the other discords that we have, and friends that we have across the internet uh bat night hello there and if you don't get that reference i'm i'm it hurts my soul if no one got that (laughs) reference (laughs) coming from a star wars show anyway um so this episode we are actually redoing previous episodes that i have done in the past um because since we have been changing uh, we change up the show pretty recently and I wanted to redo some of the topics with uh, Nina, and we have Bat Knight here as well with us today. And today's topic, we are going over dragons again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we can uh, now get a little bit more in depth with the dragons. Um, yeah. With how we're doing the show now. So uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah. So. Nina's excited, if you can't tell. <laughs> I love dragons. I have dragon statues all over my house. They're some of my favorites. Oh, um, my my wife refers to herself as mother of dragons quite frequently. The only dragon she's she's told me that I'm allowed to claim in all of fiction is the uh, dragon lord from Power Rangers. <laughs> so any other dragon in fiction in the world, according to her, it belongs to her. She, I'm, yeah. <laughs> all right. As it should. But um, so with early lives of dragons, uh, dragon mothers have breathed fire on their eggs to keep them warm. Uh, they did not keep their eggs in nests. Newly born dragons refer to as chicks. So, I mean, this is kind of similar to how most fantasy things. Dragons are pretty much like lizard chickens that breathe fire and fly. I don't like that. <laughs> lizard chicken. <laughs> lizard chicken. They don't have any feathers. They run like a dinosaur. <laughs> well, no, bats don't want to do eggs. No, they do not. <laughs> no. Uh, the dragon's first bre- uh, first fire breath is usually accomplished by thick grade smokes appeared when the dragon is around six months old. Uh, and then, however, the ability to fly was normally developed later. At around 12 months, the dragon would be fully mature until. It was two years old, having developed both of its abilities and ready to live on its own. Dragon breeding for pleasure and profit stated that you were to feed a baby dragon for a bucket of brandy mixed with chicken blood every half hour. This apparently served as a replacement for dragon milk. That's a cocktail. It is a cocktail. That's a cocktail. It's a dragon cocktail. It's a dragon cocktail. I don't. Okay, so they're referred to as chicks, and then you mix in chicken blood. If you can right. connect those dots, I don't know how <laughs> I feel eating, about any of that. They're drinking their own kind. <laughs> <Not> kidding. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Cannibalism. It's fine. 
So you mentioned cocktail, and I'm instantly thinking of that old Tom Cruise movie just with wizards now. So they're like throwing it around with the wands. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, That's gosh. <laughs> um, but this is also like interesting because we know that humans can breed dragons, as we see in the film and in the book of Sorcerer's Stone. And Norbert actually did a puff of fire right when after it hatched. Yeah. Do you think that was just dragon effect for movie? Possibly. Um, I because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't recall Norbert breathing or like have a puff of fire in the book. But I, I mean, I could be completely mistaken. It's been a mm-hmm. minute since I listened or read Sorcerer's Stone. It's been like a year. Oh, so yeah, you, you I thought you were going to show your age. I no. read all the books all one time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I recently re- listened to them last year. So, mm. but yeah, I don't recall. But if you if you know the answer, comment in the Discord or on Spotify. Um, yes. But now we have uh, we now go into some of their uh, social behaviors. So, not much is known about dragon behavior. However, it seemed that, at least with the Chinese fireball breed of dragons, females were generally larger and dominant over males. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them stated that sometimes females ousted males from their territories for at least the, at least with the uh, antipodium opali. 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 Mm-hmm. Which is another breed of dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also stated that fireballs were unusual in that they were willing to share territory with one another, although when it came to another species of dragon, no more than three dragons would share the same territory. This indicated that dragons were highly territorial, which, which kind of makes sense when it comes to what? their size mm-hmm. and then how much they need to eat. Right. And they also, they hoard too, if you think about it in that way. So they would absolutely... Mm want to keep their area just to themselves. I was actually gonna precious. I was actually gonna bring that up myself. In every yeah, version right. of dragons I've ever known, they end up, you know, having their keep. Their, you know their mm-hmm. horde is a, probably the best word for it. I mean that's Yeah. Universal. Whatever it might be for the type of dragon. It's all different, but absolutely type of horde. So Right. And then dragons were generally highly aggressive towards anything, even wizards, and would sometimes attack humans without pro- uh Provocation. Provocation. Uh, which is in the case of the. Oh, shoot. Classes. Uh, Illifrocom incident. Yes. So, um, dragons don't get near one. Just. just <laughs> if you see but, it, but... run and hide. I know it's you. Like, I, I, know, like you, I know you want to touch it. I know you want it to do. become its friend. It's I not do. toothless. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. You gotta give him a chance. <laughs> it's like that bumper sticker: "Do not meddle in the affairs of dragons, for you are tasty and taste well with ketchup." Yes, crunchy and taste well with ketchup. Absolutely. Which, but I... he's got a pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just oh. because it's a pretty mouth doesn't mean I want to jump into it. <laughs> I ain't saying I'm jumping into it, but he might have to go swimming he, in the sunlight. He Sarlacc might need to be cleaned. I don't know. They're so pretty. I just oh, they're so beautiful. <laughs> There's gushing. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, um, moving on to now the history of dragons, which is all very fascinating. I mean, if you haven't can tell, dragons are fantastic creatures. Nina is obsessed with dragons. Um, and I'm gushing really hard over here. I'm sorry. I had to tone it down a bit. He, it, something here a little bit meta. Um, there is a dragon at Universal at the Wizarding World on top of Gringotts. Can I tell a story about that? Um, Please. Give me one second real quick. Okay. There is now footage of them testing. Uh, so they are expanding Universal Florida with a third park called Universal Epic. They are testing new rides, which they have How to Train Your Dragon as a... <laughs> themed park in the new park itself as well there's they are going to be adding a third park to the wizarding world as well but uh, i just watched a video today of them uh testing out rides you know what the expansion is going to be for wizarding world 
uh, some from what reports have said, it's going to be set and located in Paris, France, uh, for the Fantastic Beast series. Shiny, I like those. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, go on with your story real quick. Okay, so my family and I recently took a trip to Universal, and my wife and I. Uh, it was an adult day, so it was just the two of us in the Wizarding World area, and we got separated. And she called me and we were trying to figure out where everybody was or where each other was. And she says, I'm in uh, Diagon Alley. You know, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in Diagon Alley. You know, I can't, I don't see you. <laughs> and she goes, where are you in relation to the bank? I said, I'm, I'm right beside it. She said, okay, fine. Round the corner, which I did. And she's like, you know, the, you know, banks to your back. I was like, yeah, it's the, you know, the dragons directly above me. I don't see you. And oh my God. Because I didn't know the thing would actually spit. Oh, you didn't know yeah. it spit fire. <laughs> While I'm on the phone with her, I'm walking, and all of a sudden it goes boom, and I feel the heat on my back and hear that explosion, and I I nearly drop my phone, and she's falling over. She's laughing so hard. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is me. that is fantastic. Um, fun fact: <laughs> I do have a Universal trip planned for this year, um, so I will be experiencing that firsthand finally watch out with those dragons man right yeah (laughs) they sneak up on you but um so back with the history uh the great fire of london in 1666 was probably started by a young welsh green dragon kept in the basement of the house of the puddling lane which by the way just realizing this is not a good year no yeah, six. six, six. <laughs> Not a good year. No wonder they had an incident with the dragon. Um, <laughs> dragon breeding was outlawed by Warlock Convention of 1709, which, yeah, they don't want an overpopulation of dragons. Kind of makes sense. Yes. They're fire-breathing flying <laughs> tanks. <laughs> if, muggle, if, if wizards knew what a tank was. <laughs> yeah. They understood warfare at that level. <laughs> right. Uh, the uh, in 1799, a Ukrainian iron belly dragon carried off a Muggle sailing ship. Fortunately, there was no one aboard the ship at the time. Thank God for that, because that'd have been terrifying. That was his horde that day. Yes, he took a ship. Mm-hmm. He took a ship. And then in 1802, that so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> in 1802, according to the un. Substantiated. Thank you. See, words are hard mm-hmm. for me. Go, go mm-hmm. listen to Holocron Histories, my Star Wars show. I mispronounce things left and right, but it's Star Wars, so it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I don't think Star Wars can even make up their mind on how to pronounce no, things. No, they the do. Time. No, they do not. Go, go <laughs> listen to our our recent episode that just released. Uh, to, it's going to release tomorrow. We go over Kashyyyk, and there's two pronunciations for that planet. Actually, oh, no. listen to the episode. Me and Austin actually say both pronunciations because <laughs> he says it one way, I say it another. Um, so, report off the coast of Norway: a Norwegian richback dragon supposedly carries off a white, uh, a whale calf. He's hungry. I will mm-hmm. take this. Yoink! <laughs> uh, Newt Scamander, for a time to work in the Dragon Research and Resident Bureau of the Ma- Ministry of Magic, he also spent World War One working with the Ukrainian Iron Belly Dragons on the Eastern Front. Mm. He he's just in all uh, all the things and during that time. Is that am I reading that wrong? Is that Restraint Bureau? Yes. Yes, it is Restraint Bureau. Sorry, I'm. That research and restraint, because they have to restraint the dragons if they go wild. Which they will go wild. Good luck. um, A rogue Welsh dragon descended on a beach full of muggles, uh, holiday makers, in 1932. Uh, Tilly Toke and her family happened to be there. Her family cast the largest mass of memory charms of the century of the muggles of Limbicombe. She was later awarded the Order of Merlin first class for her quick action to avoid breaking the International uh, Statute of Secrecy. Mm-hmm. That'd be Oblivier, right? Yes. Yep, Oblivier, and it's yep. like literally everyone on the beach, they're lucky to even a wizard was present because they would yeah. all Giant, be more likely dead. 
Yeah. Although I don't know one, one one wizard versus one dragon, I'm not sure. No. Well, it's her family too. Okay, I guess. But even guess then, like it's still that. like it's just keeping it at bay till it goes away. <laughs> which yeah. Which we'll <laughs> we'll get in here to and probably in the second or uh here in the second half of the show where why you don't mess with dragons. Um oh. The Muggles later remembered nothing of the incident, with the exception of the old fellow known as Dodgy Dirk, who still claims that a dirty, great flying lizard attacked him on the beach. However, Muggles do not believe him and consider him to be crazy. He called it dirty. He is crazy. And I mean, the guy's name is Dodgy. Yeah, right? (laughs) Exactly. Can he really be taken seriously? No. (laughs) That's a no. No. And then in 1970s, a rogue uh, Ampatine, uh, I think that's, am I saying that right? Antipodine. Antipodine Opali dragon killed several kangaroos in Australia. It was a male believed to have come from Australia in search of the place to live uh, after being ousted from its territory in New Zealand by a female. And then in 1992, Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger arrived at the time to see a baby Norwegian Ridgeback emerge from its egg. The baby dragon sneezed some sparks and almost bit Hagrid, who was delighted. By the first signs of the hatching, uh, hatchling must have been gone by breakfast time, since it was then that Harry, Ron, and Hermione received a note from Hagrid informing of it. Uh, They went to his hut right after the morning of herbology class. So this I is how long right the here. Actually, takes right here. You can already tell there is a uh, completely different scene that we get in the film adaptation. This mm-hmm. scene is during nighttime, where in the book it is during the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they went with the logic where if you watched a dragon be born, I mean, how are you going to top that for your day? Touche. So that's fair. Yeah, that is, that's you couldn't fair. top that. Nope. I love how Hagrid was delighted. Right? Oh, he almost he, he almost bit me. That's a good thing. <laughs> really? Shows he's healthy and oh, he's happy. Kicking. He's just born and could already burn the house down. Isn't he cute? Yeah, because he lives in a hut with like wood and straw. Right. That's he's precious. Smart. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so now we have dragons in the wizarding world. So Draco Malfoy's first name came from the constellation of the dragon, or Draco in Latin. The motto of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry was Draco Dormans Nucrum Tilitandus, uh, Latin for never, tick, never tickle a sleeping dragon. Because That's their school that motto? That is their school yeah. model. <laughs> That is Hogwarts <laughs> school motto. <laughs> right? Yep. Makes you wonder. That's the greatest wizarding world. I, no one does because even the four founders probably didn't know what they were saying, doing. This is like Let's the make greatest a school. wizarding hey, school in the we entire should, world. What should the motto be? Motto? I don't know. Never, never tickle a sleeping dragon. Yeah, we couldn't think of anything else. Why not? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it, could, it can make a bad joke, but I'm done. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Hogwarts gamekeeper, Rubius Hagrid, loved and adored dragons, briefly owning a Norwegian Ridgeback named Norbert, who turned out to be a female and was subsequently renamed Norberta. <laughs> because he doesn't know things. Um, I mean, if you can have a boy named Sue, you could have just left the dragon's name Norbert. Touche. Sorry, old school song reference. No, that's fair. Good. Uh, In 1993, the Minister of Magic, Cornelius Fudge, suggested placing dragons as guards to the school after being compelled to remove the Dementor, something that Professor Dumbledore thought Hagrid would be very happy with. (laughs) Okay, but what would be more dangerous, Dementors or dragons? Yes. (laughs) I got you there. (laughs) I mean, Bat Knight's not 
wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. But like, I'm just saying, I would much rather be happy seeing a dragon than being terrified seeing a Dementor. I don't know, because I a Dementor, I can repel with the spell. A dragon, I just have to pray Run. not for it to not kill me. Right, because they let you have an overabundance of wands in Azkaban. Right. Well, I mean, guarding Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh, guarding Hogwarts. Okay, I'm sorry. Hogwarts. This I is miss- guarding the school. Would you rather oh, have Jesus. Dumbledore or would you have Dementors or would you have dragons? And it's like, I would rather have Dementors because at least I can fend them off. I don't know. I think dragons would probably be easier to tame. So well, not easier, well. but I mean, there are people that do it. You know, you don't know of anybody that has the job of a Dementor Wrangler. Fair point. But, well, I mean, I technically Voldemort, I suppose. Um <laughs> Yeah, that could be same for a lot of different uh, magical creatures too. For Voldemort, Plus, I don't think but... Voldemort mm. trained the Dementor so much as he just pointed them in a general direction. But they allied with him with their yes. own initiative. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, many useful materials come from dragons, but they were hard to obtain. Um, it almost it took almost half a dozen wizards just to stun a dragon. Muggles believe that dragons were mere myth, but have been known on occasion to glimpse these beasts, and thus the dragon became a huge staple of European and Asian legends. Mm-hmm. To prevent them from being seen by muggles and to protect them from poaching, dragons are kept in dragon reserves around the world. Most of them are from the hum- far from human habitation. Dragons couldn't be domesticated, despite individuals trying to do so. Don't look at me like no. that. <laughs> No, Nina. Don't look at me no, like that. Just no. <laughs> and then, however, it is possible to condition them via torture to make them somewhat uh, subservient, as a Green God's Wizarding Bank had done with the one guarding the lower vaults who had been trained to expect pain upon hearing a certain noise. The salad dragon products was closely regulated by the British Ministry of Magic, and only dragon species that were overbreeding were killed to make those items. Those who studied dragons were known as drag. Dragonologist. I hate the dragon down in Gringotts. We all do. We we all do because it's just it's just wrong. It's so wrong. That iron that iron belly deserves more. Yeah, he got more. That's the one that attacked me, right? Yes, that is the (laughs) one that attacked you. That was sitting on top of Gringotts. Yes. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That one. I was Mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, what what? They're real, Ben. (laughs) No. (laughs) A dragon was mentioned in a song heard by Newt's commander and his friends in the uh, speakeasy known as the Blind Pig in 1926 New York. Although the cursed fiend fire produced flames on the shape of a dragon and Greenrod's Branks employed dragon feeders, the position included fireproof robes and paid seven galleons per week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, they can't be domesticated, and it takes more than a dozen uh wizards just to stun them. But what if we got a miniature one? There are spells to make things miniature. Okay, I mean, if you're thinking <laughs> about like the miniature ones from Goblet of Fire, yeah, debatable. No, yeah, we talked about those ones, but that. I still would like them to have their own kind of conscience. He'd be my best friend hanging out on my shoulder. I'd take him everywhere. I have I, I, I have no words for this <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Um but right now we're going to take a quick mid break and we'll be right back. Wow. All right, welcome to the mid mid break of the show where we talk about everything to do with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the Wizarding World. Here, I want to thank um, everybody who listens to the show. And if you want to support us, you can support us on patreon.com slash wizardworldlorecast where you can get ad-free episodes or even join us at the end of the month on the show. You can also 
support us by leaving ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify. If we pass our review on Apple, we'll read it out loud the next time on the show, as well as a Spotify comment, which we actually do have some Spotify comments. We have... It wasn't me this time, I swear. No, it isn't, actually. <laughs> uh, we have three. Uh, one from Johnny Fig, uh, 07. After hearing you guys make the connection between the joke predictions that Harry and Ron made come true during their first year, I think they had a gift but didn't realize it. And this is... the All three of these comments come from our last week's episode from Divination. Uh, Metalink777 responded, The only thing that bothered me was Ben kept saying, calling... Uh, foreign, uh, foreigns, uh, as Ferdinand, which, yes, I apologize. I don't know where Ferdinand came from, to be quite honest. I don't know if it was from a game I played recently or from another series. It's, it's very familiar, and I don't know where it's from. Like Ferdinand the Bull? That's all I can Yeah, think I don't, of. I've never watched that film. I looked it up on, oh. like, before the show, and I was like, what? I don't even seen this film before. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, and then, um, Bjorn, is it Bjorn? Born from Bjorn Denmark. A. Bjorn A from Denmark. Uh, he did respond saying, I know the answer, uh, but I'm not going to tell anyone, which is <laughs> from, um, so going forward, we actually, in, uh, he, he was the one to actually give us a list of questions to answer, uh, questions to ask at the end of each episode. And mm-hmm. for everyone to, if you know the answer, uh, com- put it in a Spotify comment, go in the Discord, or leave a review with the answer on there. Um, but try not to look it up before you put make the comment. Yes. See if you know it. Um, and then other than that, you can find us on a few different Discord servers, the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, as well as my own Discord server, the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, which are links are both in the description of the episode below. And you can find us live now at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, I had to think about that, um, on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash binoftamaria. Every Wednesday, um, we are, I'm very, very close in being affiliate. I am getting more followers by the day. I just need average of three viewers. That's all I need. I can so, speak from experience. That's the hardest thing to get to get that affiliate. It is literally like I've I've hit the follower limit. I've hit the streaming limit. I've hit the number of days limit. It's literally the average viewer, and I was like, "Why?" And it's average viewer over thirty days. Yeah, it's over a month, which is frustrating. I'm Very close. I'm over halfway there with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like almost two point with that, so I'm close. So close, yes. but um. Other than that, I have nothing else to add for this mid-break. Um, would either you want to chime in anything that you want to add? Which nope. you? I got all my stuff at the end of the show, so... Okay, we'll, we'll do it at the end of the show. Okay, so at that point, let's get back to more dragons. Alright. So, now we have uses that dragons have in the wizard world. So, dragons were used in the first task of the Triwizard Tournament of 1994, in which the champions had to retrieve a golden dragon age from a nesting mother. The rarities once used were the Hungarian horntail, the Chinese fireball, the Swedish snort snout, and the Welsh green. Ron Weasley's brother Charlie worked with the dragons in Romania at the time and helped transport the dragons used in the tournament. Though they could like restrained the horn tail more aggressively than they did. Yeah. Just they did have a like lot it. of wizards trying to tame him. I like how they referenced the horn tail again in a later book when uh Jenny and Harry are having a conversation. I've always that's always been one of my favorite scenes in the entire book a book series, and it was never mentioned in the movie. Which book was it? Was that Haplod Prince? Whichever one it is where they finally get together. I can't remember specifically which movie that or which book that was. But they're sitting here apparently. Technically it's Haplod Prince, but it's well, also Deathly Hollows. There's a conversation where Harry and Jenny are talking and uh, 
Jenny says that people have been asking her about Harry. And oh, okay. he says, he says like what? She said, uh, well, apparently there's a myth going around that you have a tattoo of a hippogriff on your chest. Oh, yes, goes, yes, yes, yes. Oh, really? What did you I tell remember them? She this said, now. I said it was a Hungarian horn tail. It's sexier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is ha- this is how ha- that that yes, this is Half Blood Prince because they do get to get actually get together in Half Blood Prince. Now that I remember this, I remember nice. reading that and literally laughed out loud. I was like, "See <laughs> that that's a ride or die right there. That's a girl you want." <laughs> I'm gonna make you sound even more awesome. Yeah, oh my god! Heck yeah! So uh, dragons were also used to guard certain vaults at Green God's Wizarding Bank, and one was used by Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger to escape the bank following the break-in in 1998. Though they couldn't be domesticated, there were one known instance of dragon being used as a mount. In May 1998, Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger rode on the back of a dragon, though they were trouble maintaining the grip on the steed and could not control its flight. Which technically mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a mount if you're not controlling him. Yeah, it pretty much, that dragon went where it wanted to go. Yeah. You're just tagging along. <laughs> uh, during the 1993-1994 school year, before playing the Quidditch final against Slytherin, Harry dreamed that the Slytherin team were the ones flying on dragons instead of broomsticks. Uh, when he awoke and realized that in reality, they would not be allowed to ride dragons. Because that's That'd called a cheater. dream. That's called a dream. <laughs> That'd be one wild Quidditch match. Plus, with all the rules and regulations. Right, over the 790 whatever (laughs) freaking rule regulations we had to go through from (laughs) one Quidditch game. Yeah. The guy brought bats and he attacked everybody. Who does that? (laughs) I have bats under my robes. Why? (laughs) Why? Um. The dragon model, like the model on the first task of the Triwizard Tournament in 1984, was used in the roast chutnus sale near Weasley Wizard's Wheezes in Diagon Alley and hold the chutnus in place. See, mm. it, it, it's, a, it's a usable dragon, Nina. You can have miniature ones. You can have the models. <laughs> you just can't have know. a full size. Because, I'm a little no. bougie. I need the real thing. Oh, God. <laughs> um... Dragon milk could be used to create dragon milk cheese, as noted in the revised edition of Charm Your Own Cheese, because that's a book. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a title for you. (laughs) I was questioning it during our Charms episode, and now it makes sense. Yep. Charm Your Own Cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madame Rosmerda uh, owned a silk dressing gown embroidered with dragons, which she was wearing on the night of June 1997 when Harry Potter and Albus Dumbledore operated back from the Crystal Cave, which is only in the book, not in the film. Yeah. Um, there was also a disease called Dragonpox in the Wizarding World, which it was named after the dragon, although it had nothing to do with the creature. And then in rare cases, a corporeal Patronus might take the form of a dragon. And by the way, before I completely forget, and we're already halfway over through the episode, um, National Dragon Day was yesterday, as we're, as we're recording this. Uh, January 16th is yeah. National Dragon Day. It's Dragon Appreciation Day. Dragon Appreciation Day, sorry. Yes, That's sir. That's what it is. It's, it's a great holiday. That and, should be recognized. And we're in the year of the dragon. Dun, dun, dun. It's great. I just love it. So now we have the twelve uses of dragon material, or is it twelve uses of dragon, or all the, the uses of dragon material? So we have dragon blood, which has twelve uses. That's where I was getting at. Uh, Albus mm-hmm. Dumbledore discovered the twelve uses of dragon blood. The twelfth used was an oven cleaner. Later. Uh, <laughs> another one is a spot remover, and dragon blood was used in potions within the Wizarding World. I hear that, and all I think of is that scene from The Matrix. It's like, uh, Dozer makes it. It has exactly two uses. Degreasing engines and killing brain cells. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> great great show. Great movie. <laughs> we have Dragon Claw. So during the 1995-96 school year, in the midst of the OWLs, a trade sprang up among the 5th and 7th students for various supposed brain stimulants. A student named Harold Dingle... I said, yes, his last name is Dingle, was offering powdered dragon claw. Though her money ranger confiscated it, it turned out to be a dried doxy droppings. 
And Ron Weasley said that Dragonclaw did work and that it gave your brain a boost, making you cunning for a few hours, though it is not known for it was actually true. Hmm. Uh, now we have... Droppings definitely won't. No. And now, speaking of droppings, we have now Dragon Dung, uh, which was sold as in a barrel in Nocturne Alley. It was a rich fertilizer used by students at Hogwarts in Herbology. Cool. We have dragon eggs. Dragon eggs were classified as a Class A non-tradable material by the British Ministry of Magic. Despite the ban, many dragon eggs could be found on the black market. Chinese fireball egg shells were highly prized as potion ingredients by Chinese witches and wizards. Oh, just the shells themselves? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And obviously they're in the black market because obviously Hagrid gets one. He so wins it in a card game. He does. He does win in a card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Dragon Heart, which Dragon Heart String was exceptionally powerful and one of the most common kinds of cores and wands. Mm-hmm. We have Dragon Horn, which powder a dragon horn was used in many potions. Romanian Longhorn Dragons were listed as a Class B tradable material by the British Ministry of Magic. Well, now we have Dragon Hide. Dragon hide was used to make clothing where muggles would wear leather, wizards wore dragon hide. The skin was very tough, impervious to some spells, and provided some physical protection as leather, uh, while at the same time having the same texture and appearance as snake skin. Dragon hide mm-hmm. was used to make gloves, boots, jackets, and shields in a high demand the most uh, at the moment when the skin was a Swedish short snout. Fred and George Weasley wore dragon skin jackets when they greeted Harry after his fifth school year. Professor Horace Slughorn had a dragon skin briefcase and gold clasps. Um, and when Rebus Hagrid and Umphine Maxime uh, went to Merce with the giants on Dumbledore's behalf, they brought a roll of dragon skin as a gift for the Gurg. Gurg. And and my character in Hogwarts Legacy pretty much wore a dragon skin yep. trench coat. Like, and I I was literally about to get to that too. Like, yeah, uh, and this, and the first time we did this episode, Hogwarts Legacy wasn't out yet, so, um, yeah, they added you can get dragon skin material and outfit attire in Hogwarts Legacy. My wife was initially so mad because my character was rocking a you know dragon skin coat, and she's like, "Oh my god, how could you?" And I'm like, "I usually wear a red, a regular leather trench coat in the real world." You know, if I'm in the wizard world, I want, you know. I want the same good. equivalent, but dragon. Yeah. But dragon. Um, now we have dragon liver. Dragon liver was 16 sickles an ounce and was often used as an ingredient for potions. And last for the materials, we have dragon meat. Uh, when Hagrid returned from a trip to the Giants with the Men Injuries, actually acquired from his half-brother uh, Guap, uh, Crop, crop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put a bloody green tinged dragon meat steak, slightly larger than an average car tire, on his face as to help with the stinging. It is not known if dragon meat was safe to for was safe for humans to eat, but was seemed fine for canines. Hmm. Yeah. I'd... Wonder what that would taste like. Well, I had to bite my lip when you compared it to a car tire. It reminds <laughs> me of my real world job. <laughs> oh gosh uh yeah it's um i will say having a steak the size of a car tire you will be good for a week if yeah, not longer maybe two it's like weeks. one of those eating challenges yes it's like man versus food if anybody remembers that yeah. showed on the food network mm-hmm. dude I all sure these food challenges man versus food me. wizarding edition yes we need that <laughs> if all the vampiric vegetables coming for you <laughs> oh no we, we are not eat going them before that. they eat you <laughs> oh god i will say eat them it's fine warner brothers wizard world make freaking like game shows set in the in the wizard world make actual tv shows like that please do yes. do more tv stuff we all know you're working on the reboot for Harry Potter, but do other stuff too. Yeah, it'd be a lot more fun. It'd be great spinoffs for it. The, the or, you cabbages, know, just add, cabbages. add more to the lore. Yes. 
Um, so now we have spells that are af- that affected dragons. So while dragon skin could resist most spells, such as a single stunning spell, a dozen wizards casting one at once at a dragon could stun it, and certain strategies might be employed to circulate the strength of their uh, hides. While dragons resisted most of the spells due to their hide, their eyes were their weakest point, and as such, the oh god, um, con- conjunctivitis, conjunctivitis curse, which caused inflammation in the eyes, remained effective towards them. In the Triwizard Tournament of 1994, Drumstring Champion Victor Crumb used this curse on a dragon with satisfying results. In the Triwizard Tournament of 1994, the idea that multiple wizards using the same spell on a dragon could indeed stun it with uh, stun it was proven as Char- Charlie Weasley and several other dragonologists used multiple spell stunning spells to successfully subdue several dragons. And then Flare Delacour somehow succeeded in putting a Kamishwal Green into a trance where he bewitched sleep during the Triwizard Tournament. She's saying to it, just needed a lullaby. So she's well, a Jigglypuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she is, um, oh gosh, she's, um, she has... Siren? I don't know, it's, it it's not Siren, it's, um, Quarter Veli, Vela. She's a, a, a Vila. Vila. Mm. Vilas are gorgeous creatures in the Western world that uh, entrance men. Entrance yeah. things that look upon them. Because they're that beautiful. That would be why I got it mixed up with Siren. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Makes you're sense. you're you're there. In the ballpark, yeah. So now we have notable ble- uh, known breeds. So... Um, there was no officially sanctioned breeding of dragons, as dragon breeding was outlawed in the Warlock Convention of 1709. However, they had been known to interbreed, producing rare hybrids. Below, uh, we have a list of 10 from the 52nd edition of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. 52nd edition, mind you. Because well, they, they do a new one every year? They're evolving. That or, you know, they keep finding other magical creatures that they did not know existed, too. Is it like, like the exploring the ocean? Where if you and find it, you get I to mean, Yeah. I mean, what, Newt Scamander made the book. So I think he made, he, he would have made the book and wrote the book probably in the 19... I think it's... I don't know the exact date on the top of my head. It would have been past the 1950s when he wrote the book because he was busy doing all the the World War One stuff before he could like publish a book. But essentially, like pretty much almost every other year, there's a new edition. But I like that, right? We have uh, the breeds that we have are known uh, are the oh gosh, this freaking the Opali. I'm just going to say the Opali because I can't <laughs> say the first, uh, which is the least aggressive of all dragons, mind you, uh, is native to New Zealand. The Opali was generally considered one of the most beautiful dragons with uh, pearly scales that lined its body and glittering multicolored eyes that had no pupils. Like gems. Mm-hmm. Like beautiful gems. Hence the Opali name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have... The- yeah, I would have guessed that... Go on. I would have mm-hmm. guessed that first word was just pronounced Antipodian. And sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, now Probably we have on the right path. <laughs> better than me. Mm-hmm. We have the Chinese fireball, or also known as the lion dragon. Uh, the fireball was scarlet and smooth scaled, with a fringe of golden spikes around its uh, snubbed, snouted face, and extremely protuberant eyes. And these first two ones are uh, wyvern depictions, so they their front legs or their wings were um, correct. A lot of the other dragons you see are European styles, but these two are the wyverns. And yeah, so and it's it is semantics what we're getting with that, depending yeah. on universe and fiction or mythology. Wyverns and dragons, yes, they are two different things entirely but in most mm-hmm. cases a lot of fiction use wyverns and like for like an actual dragons one in the same um yeah, they do i do agree with that 
point taken. Yeah. The very popular game Skyrim, if no one's ever played Skyrim in the last 10 years, um, all those dragons are technically wyverns. They're not mm-hmm. actually dragons, technically. No. And it's interesting. There's like um, an entire list. I actually have one that shows all the different types of dragons between like wyvern and then um, the European style. Then you have the Chinese ones. You have drakes. You have uh the worms that are just essentially the Chinese ones, but and like even basculets, they don't have wings. There are so many mm-hmm. different types. Just and it a lot of it depends on the region you're in, but just to have the idea of what it might look like, these two definitely are the wyvern types. Where right, agree. They have um. Next, we have the common Welsh green, which is a native to Great Britain. The common Welsh green. Uh, was green in color and had two spiked horns and resided on the top of its head. The tail was a vert streamline with a single pointed tip at the end. Mm-hmm. And he's European one with the four legs. Uh, the next one's my favorite. Yeah. The uh, Herbidian Black, the other native dragon of Great Britain, uh, is a dark rough scaled ridges along its back, a tailed tip with an arrow-shaped uh, spike, and the Herbidian Black was a brilliant purple eyes and could grow up to 30 feet long. This thing, crazy. if you like, go and like look up the picture for it, it is freaking terrifying looking. It's pretty. <laughs> Thank you. He is pretty. He is gorgeous. But yeah, he, he's definitely intimidating. Very intimidating. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw Bat Knight's uh, uh, chat in the Twitch chat. Is Chinese <laughs> Fireball, aka Hadouken. <laughs> Very true. Because the picture depicted it was a fireball. In it. <laughs> I was going to say it, but I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> That's great. It just literally reminds me if anybody's into anime and what have ever watched. Um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime there in the second season, there is a dragon who then becomes a human uh, character. And literally all he did was read manga. So in a fight, he's literally doing street fighter moves, Hudouken, Shudoruken, um And he <laughs> even does a Kamehameha. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the episode. It's like, dear God. <laughs> That's literally all I thought of right there. Um, But next, we do have the Hungarian Horntail. It has black scales and was a lizard-like in appearance. It had yellow eyes, brown horns, and similarly colored spikes that produced from its long tail. This is the one we see Harry almost getting killed. So, killed by. So, and then he subsequently killed it by crashing it into a bridge. Yeah. Yeah, he had a bad day. Apparently... So, you know, the myth was he has a tattooed on his chest. Uh, yes. Yeah, apparently. Celebrating his kill. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Uh, so, all right. Uh, now we have the Norwegian witch Ridgeback. Uh, it re- resembles the Hungarian Hortel, except for the black ridges on its back and the browner texture in its scales. And obviously, really? this is the one we see in Sorcerer's Stone with Hagrid. This picture just makes him really long and lanky. Yeah. And he's so cute. It's just all over the place. Next, we have the Peruvian. Peruvian. Yes. Viper Tooth. God, I can't talk today. Or a highly venomous dragon, because that's what it is. The scales are smooth and copper colored and also had a black ridge marking and short horns on its head. Hmm. We have the Romanian Longhorn. The Romanian Longhorn had dark uh, green scales and two long, glittering golden horns. Which yeah. this one's kind of like a resemble of like a traditional kind of dragon that you would see mm-hmm. like in like D and D. True, actually, yeah. <laughs> we have the Swedish Snort Snout. The scales were silvery blue, and its powerful flame could also be a brilliant blue color, and be hot enough to reduce timber and bone to ashes in seconds. Because blue fire is not good fire. It's no matter fine. what the Ghost Rider comics will tell you. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. No matter what Johnny Cage has or is using. Johnny no, Blaze. Johnny Blaze, sorry. I see Johnny Cage. That that's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Back to the street fighting. <laughs> Too many Johnnies in 
media, okay? And we didn't media. even talk about Johnny Storm. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and then last, but we have the Ukrainian Iron Belly, uh, which is the largest dragon breed ever recorded. It is a bipedal dragon, metallic gray in color, with immense uh, uh, wingspan, long talons, rough scales said to be hard as steel. It is the largest breed in dragons, which reach up to six tons, and uh, its eyes were deep red. Sometimes the eyes seem to be the same color of its body because of its protective scales. Hmm. And then we do have the existence of two dragons that were only shown on page of notes concerning the book, uh, breeding for pleasure and profit. We have the Cantonolian Fireball, uh, which has appeared to have a uh, black or possibly scorched, somewhat oddly shaped snout, possess a row of spikes descended down to the neck, two black horns uh, recited on the top of its head. And then we have the Portuguese Long Snout. Um, his appearance is somewhat similar. Um, to the Cantonolian fireball uh, with rigid neck and scaly hide, but with a longer snout and pointer horns. Yes. And since I know you're just going to ask which one of those that I would own because I could tame one, I'm just going to tell you because I know you're dying to know. But it would definitely be the sweetest short snout because he's really cute. And I like the blue fire and the silver blue. And oh my god! He's a... He's a European style. I'm a sucker for the, the four legs and the wings on the back. But he would definitely be the one. Herbidian black all the way, baby. Yes. <laughs> he would be a, he would be the one where I'm having a bad day. He would be the guy that I would go to. He'd it's funny to me how the Herbidian black, I think, is the bigger dragon. And yet they say the Hungarian horn tail is the uh, more dangerous. And I'm like, of course, we got the gentle giant, man. Yeah, gentle giant. Don't and then start none, there the... won't be none. <laughs> You have the little man syndrome with the Chinese fireball dragons. And like a I want to say <laughs> the dragon we meet in Hogwarts Legacy is a Herbidian Black. Am I not right? I believe it was as well. I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember which one. I was literally just looking. I was like, I'm pretty sure. And then Herbidian one of Black. the uh, one of the teachers has a skeleton of a Herbidian Black in the classroom. Yes, yeah. in the Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And last but not least for the episode, we do have behind the scenes. So dragons exist in legends of many cultures worldwide. The dragons of Harry Potter bear to most resemblance to the modern European dragon in that they fly, breathe fire, and have magically powerful blood. Draco Malfoy's first name, Draco, is Latin for both snake and dragon. Which is kind of nifty. It is kind of nifty. In the film adaptation of Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix, Fred and George Weasley have a firework a Chinese or fi- a firework dragon chase Dolores Umbridge through the Great Hall, which is great. It's great which, time. Is, which is another yeah. great reference in that film, uh, next to the uh, Kingsley uh, quote. And if mm-hmm. you go in our Discord, we literally just had some people talking about that. It's great. Um, it was pointed out, and. Um, in the book, it's Nigelus Phileas Black that says that line where Kingsley has, um, or Dumbledore has uh, style. style, but in the film, it's Kingsley, and it's just like, it coming from Kingsley just makes it, like, I don't know, pop more. It's <laughs> so great. stoic, yeah, because he's so stoic about it. It's always when the quiet ones say something that it seems to have more impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As opposed to people like me who talk way too much, so you know, just lost <laughs> in the shuffle. <laughs> and then the Catalan Fireball appears to be an early draft of the Chinese Fireball because these were notes of the dragon breathing for pleasure and profit on J.K. Rowling's official site. The same for the Portuguese Long Snout, which seems to be an early draft for the Romanian Longhorn and the Swedish Snort Snout. Mm-hmm. And then in the credits of the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, it says, No dragons were harmed in the making of this film. Uh, this probably refers to the scene in the film where the Hungarian Hortel falls off the bridge and presumably dies. He's fine. No, he's the not. Movie, the movie <laughs> said so. No dragons were harmed in the making. He's it's fine. It's a lie. It's all a lie. No dragons were actually harmed. <laughs> Physically, no. 
CGI wise, yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? They didn't have trained dragons on that set. What? My Tooth- whole life is a okay, lie. Okay, okay. Sorry, we can't have <laughs> Toothless just show up on set and and like act with Jon Snow. Okay, if no one knows what that's from. There's literally, literally a set of like freaking uh, short commercials of behind the scenes of like Jon Snow filming for uh, Game of Thrones, and Toothless is with him. From I how to so train your dragon. That entire it's thing. great. <laughs> oh, it's so so good. Look it up, please. Look it up. <laughs> it is great. It's oh. it's, it's I know what I'm doing when we disconnect. <laughs> and fun fact: before we end the show, they are casting and going to. Uh, they are starting to get early production ready for How to Train Your Dragons live action. Just oh, saying. I'm excited. And so oh, my kids are going to flip over that. They mm-hmm. actually, they've been casting, they have Take Up, they have Astrid, they have, uh, they just cast Stoic, which is the best one, because so far all the characters haven't been their voice character, because they're older, and they mm-hmm. can't, like, reprise them, except for yeah. Stoic, because Stoic is going to be the actor who voiced him in the films, That's in the great. show. I like how they, I like how they can do that. And they actually modeled Stoic after himself anyway. So it's, it was an Aww. easy fit for them to do. That's good. Like shape wise, like, like face wise, they modeled mm-hmm. them after him. So, yeah, just fun fact there for everybody. Um, but uh, other than that, um, we do have some shout outs at the end. Um, uh, I for Bat Knight, how uh, we'll start with you. Do you shout out what you do? Uh, I hang out way too much on the internet. Uh, I am in most of the uh, Discord servers. Usually you can find me in uh, the Two Girls, One Ship uh, Discord server. I'm there a lot. And uh, I'm suddenly oddly motivated to spend a little more time in the Wizarding World Discord server. I can't imagine why. Heck yeah. Uh, But no, the biggest uh, claim I have is I have my own Twitch channel. Uh, I stream three nights a week on... Right now, I'm on Sundays, Mondays, and Wednesdays. But if things happen, I may have to change my schedule around. Uh, Right now I'm playing, uh, Sunday night I'm playing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Uh, Monday night I'm playing Mass Effect 2, and Wednesday night I've been playing uh, Devil May Cry 3. And it's usually uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later, depending on when I can get my kids to bed. And I consider anybody that's following me a fellow knight of the gaming table, and I wish all of them a great day and a night night. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome um you can find me you know everybody you know where i am i'm on a bunch of, i'm on all those discords i have my other shows holocron histories final fantasy Lorecast, the witcher Lorecast. you can all find there um and i was trying to show i have the rebel alliance tattooed on my oh sorry. okay it was like upside down it's like is that supposed to be like a deadpool mask or something <laughs> no. behind me. Um, it is behind you i do see that um and um Nina, so what was last week's question? So last week's question, so now it is time for our Quizarding experience. I still really like that name. Yeah, um, that yes, last week was what members of the Weasleys family were not members of the Order of the Phoenix? Now, I'm going to give you guys a chance to answer them because unless, Ben, you've been reading them. Percy uh, or was one. Percy was one. How many? Well, how many are what there? Members. Ooh. All of them. You want a hint? There was three. There were three. So, oh, okay. Percy, Charlie. I don't know. Not a third. Charlie. Not Charlie was part of the order. Charlie was part of the order of the Phoenix. Yeah, didn't he show up at the? Oh, he showed up the at the very end, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh shoot, that's right. Oh, uh, I Percy's the only one that's coming to mind. Yeah, because so, you know, like Percy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so true. the other two, I, we'll put you through a little bit of a loop. The other two were Ron and Ginny because they were too young to be a part Oh, of that's a cop-out <laughs> answer. I. <laughs> that's BS. <laughs> ben is leaving the building. <laughs> that's bull. Come on, you know they joined later on. It's true. That's Probably bull. when they were older, but when it was started, they were too young because Molly was like, no, no. And she forced them out and they had to listen in on the whole thing. 
Oh. Well, if you're going to tell him everything, why don't you might as well just induct him into the order as is. <laughs> exactly. So, but yes, Ron, Ginny, and Percy, the the backstabber that we all know and hate, were and not he, he did redeem of the himself. Of you have to admit he Percy did Weasley, redeem himself. Nobody's favorite but Weasley. Nobody's favorite Weasley, yes. He does have a, a coming he, back moment, but as yeah, he does. as a whole, yes. So this week we have one. I couldn't find one that really pertained with dragons, but this one, ah, I thought, why not? So what task does Molly Weasley set for the twins and Ron that Harry joins after they had broken him out of the Dursleys with the flying cord and Julia? That is the question for this week was what task does Molly Weasley set for the twins, Ron and Harry after they broke him out of the Dursleys and they got back to the house with the flying car. So Submit your answers on Spotify. Jump in the Discord. I think I'm going to um, put these questions in on Friday after the they drop. So then they're mm. in there. Okay. Um, and if we get any re- responses or anything, if they are um, anything like that, we'll shout them out. But yeah, I'll start putting them into the Discord. But yeah, just let us know what you think, and we'll have a little fun with that. But until next week, yes. that's all I got. Cool. So. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Bat Knight, for joining us this week. Thank you so much. It was um, a lot of fun. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Wizard and World Lorecast. And remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening to Wizard and World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast, and you can email us at wizardworldlorecast at gmail.com. <laughs>